Um, I'm going to pray just right off the bat, and then we're going to jump in, okay? So pray with me. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the privilege that it is to gather together in Jesus Christ's name. And we, we're doing that, and we want to attend to what you want to say to us. So God, you're hoping to further envision us as to what it means to walk with you as young adults and to help young adults do that. So God, I'm just praying that this time would be fruitful. God, it would be exactly what I just stated, Lord, that we would have a greater understanding as to what mentorship is. And God, we would count that cost. Is this something that I'm interested in doing? Is this something that I'm interested in being a part of? Um, would you lead and guide us? I, I know that we could be in here for um, our friends or we could be in here for a very real reason saying, I want to follow you with my whole life. So God, would you move us closer to yourself because of your word, because of your moving this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to look at a number of things this morning. You guys are here because you want to get an idea, right? Um, you, you see this is something that God does. You see this is a structure that exists at Midtown, and you've heard about it. Um, and it's a good thing to just inquire of the Lord, what does it mean to follow you with our lives? So maybe you've heard about somebody else's experience in mentorship. Maybe you've seen, hey, it seems like they have a lot of fun, or it's a really cool thing that they have that support in their life. So I'm not exactly sure why you ended up on this side of the annex this morning, but I'm glad you're here. Um, I'm super thankful for you, and I want the Lord to envision you. So we're going to trust him for that this morning, and um, that's the goal for today. It's to inform you what mentorship is, what the cost is to be a part of it, and what it is to be a, a, the cost of being a follower of Jesus Christ, ultimately. Um, so today we're going to cover four different things. Number one, why we do mentorship here at Midtown. Number two, what mentorship actually is. Number three, what mentorship is not. And then number four, um, we're going to open it up for some Q&A time. So adults, you can ask questions. Student, students, you can ask questions. Um, we'll just have kind of a more informal time where you can get some answers that maybe aren't provided here if there are any. Okay. So um, our first question that we're looking at this morning is why do we do mentorship at Midtown? And there's three answers that I'll provide you. So you have some blanks on your paper, so be following along. It'll help you to gather the information. Boys in the back, you with me? Ethan Prasad, you with me? He's smiling. He's with me now. Um, number one, it is biblical, right? So this verse right here, 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, is plastered up in the sanctuary on the wall. It's a big deal. All of God's word is a big deal, but this verse, you know, encapsulates the idea of what we're trusting the Lord to do because it's what he's called us to do. You know, after that, the Holy Spirit comes upon us. We shall receive power, and he calls us to be witnesses unto the uttermost parts of the world, right, and, and acts. And God has called us to be witnesses and train up witnesses. So 2 Timothy 2, 2, it says, The things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So in 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, and clearly throughout the Word of God, God calls us to envision future generations of believers, right? Come to know Christ and then learn how to walk with Him. And there's a strategic process in which we can do that, right? So there's tons of examples throughout the Bible of discipleship and mentorship relationships. And, you know, you can think of Elisha and Elijah and Moses and Joshua and Jesus, and the disciples, and Paul, and Timothy, there's these relationships where they very clearly model one person who God has grown up in the faith and is a little bit further along in that maturation process, essentially grabs the back of and walks with another individual, kind of brings them along in the wake. This is the way Jesus, you know, came into my heart, into my life, and he led me, and then he calls us to do the same thing. 
So it's biblical. Number two, it's practical. Um, you know, you guys learn from your parents. Some of you guys enjoy learning from your parents. You have a really close relationship with them. Some of you guys are like, I learned bad things from my parents. We, we learn from the people that were around. So we learn from our parents. We learn from preaching. We learn and grow by leading, or, or reading our Bible on our own, our devotional walks. Um, but mentorship is really helpful in that it gives you another person to share your life with, right? It's, it's a big brother of sorts. We're not big brothers, big sisters, but it's another individual that comes in. They don't become your parent. They do not become your pastor. They don't take on those roles, but they support you in your walk, and you get to open up to them in a really practical way, right? So you've got a devotional walk with God that you, you read your Bible, and that's, that's a beautiful, necessary relationship. You've got a relationship with your parents that looks some type of way. Um, you've got a relationship with your pastor, but this is a person that has capacity to enter into your life in a really unique way, right? They're, they're signing up to do just that. Your parents ought to have a lot of capacity for that too, but you know, it's, it's another person really to partner with your parents in supporting the work that God has called them to. So what we're trusting God for is that you guys would be trained up in the way that you should go, and we just support the parental responsibility of doing that, right? That is not, that is not mentorship's responsibility to like, take over that responsibility and train you how to be a, you know, a follower of Christ. Ultimately, ultimately that's yours, and then it's given directly to the parents, and then the church comes and supports that through things like discipleship and mentorship. So practically, I know to an extent what you guys are thinking, you know, not all of it, I don't know your heart, but I know what you're exposed to at school, and I know the things that general 11 through 18-year-olds struggle with, and those are really hard things. And if you're just trying to navigate it alone, or your parents don't have quite the capacity that you wish they did to be able to support you, or it's hard for whatever reason to share those things with people, man, there's, there's a lot of identity and relationship and, you know, just like confusing things that are going on around you, right? And it's really practical to have somebody come alongside you who is mature in the four goals of discipleship. They're, they're a mature believer. They're living those things out and they're helping you to orient. They're helping you to see the way that you can go. Um, so practically, our hope for mentorship is that you guys would learn what it means to follow Jesus Christ at the level that you're at, right? So you're 11 to 18 if you're in student ministry <clears throat> and the level that you're at we're not going to just make excuses for childish things because the word of God calls us to put those things off over time and there's a maturation process so we're not going to go hard line like you're 20 right there's an understanding of where you're at but where you're at how can we apply God's word to what you know where we are right that's what we want to learn to do so again ultimately it's your parents job to train you up but we want to assist in the process of like equipping you with tools and understanding and support and love so that whenever you get to being a young adult, you can take the world. You know, you can be used of the Lord to do mighty, mighty things. We want to see you guys become mighty men and women of God that go and plant churches and go and lead Bible studies. And you don't have to do what I did where you went from 14 to 20 saved but not really knowing how that walk was supposed to look, right? I didn't have anybody alongside me. I didn't have anybody that I saw could support me and, and give me understanding as to how to walk out my faith. So I did the exact opposite, just walking how I did my life before salvation, right? And there's a lot of leaders in this room that have a similar testimony, and that's why they're so earnestly desirous that you would have somebody alongside you to know how to redeem the time. So I got to 20, and I started asking all the questions I should have figured out at 13, 
But, you know, I had, I had to wait a few years. So 20 to 22 was hard and corrective. You know, I had to undo some things that I had done through my junior high and high school years because I, I didn't have somebody to lean into and lean on. So the key verse of um, mentorship, it's on the back of the book that you guys can take a look at later. Um, it's 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1, it says, be ye followers of me. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, this is Paul talking to the church there. He says, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. That's a big time statement, guys. <laughs> Paul is saying, look at me, look at my example, because if you follow me, you're following Christ. And that's what the adults in mentorship will be saying. They're saying, hey, come walk alongside me because I walk with Jesus Christ. I don't have anything special about me, but if you're walking with me, I'm, I'm just declaring, not perfectly, but my walk is given to Jesus Christ, and if you walk with me, you're, you're following Christ. And that's a big thing for Paul to say. It's a big thing for our mentors to say. But that's the only type of person that we're going to pair you up with. Nobody less is a person that believes everything in the Word of God and is endeavoring to walk it out with consistency and faithfulness in their life. Okay, so practically, mentorship gives you another example to look at and to follow. And then number three, it's just a really good time. So I know Bree is in here. She's done mentorship. There's a few adults that have done it. Judah's asleep. So he doesn't have a glowing testimony of it at this particular moment. But it's a really good time to be able to get together with somebody that loves you, right? It's, I, I find it a joy. I've gotten to mentor a few students now, and it's been an absolute joy and privilege to join in their life. You know, I, I think about some of the guys that I've been with, and, um, you know, they got to see my son born. And I got to see them and help learn like teach them how to drive and you know like we just share these really beautiful things and it's awesome right it's, it's awesome to have somebody an, an extra person come into our life and share these really meaningful moments that we have as teenagers so you hear that phrase ministry runs on the rails of relationships and that's true the method works jesus modeled it and we're just taking it and running with it with students okay so why do we do it it's biblical it's practical, and it's a really good time. It's a fun time. So what is mentorship? Next question. What is mentorship, and what does it look like? So here's the big question that you guys are hoping to answer this morning. What is it? So defining one-on-one -on -one student mentorship. Um, this is one of the ways in which you could define it. I've already said it of sorts. Biblical. So what is mentorship? Biblical discipleship that is done in a way that meets a student at his or her level of understanding and place in life. So the short definition is, what is biblical mentorship? Biblical discipleship for students, right? So it's you're 12 or you're 14 and you're interested in following Jesus. And what does that look like for you in your context right now? That's biblical mentorship in short. So expounding that, it's a relationship. So I've been talking about that. We're living life together. Um, it's opening up our lives to one another. So, you know, I, I played mini golf and I've sat in a basement and played switch <laughs> you know it's talking about what god's word says about our identity and our relationships and it's texting about our devotional time and holding one another accountable right it's it's a beautiful relationship it's being friends it's knowing what's going on it's not this weird you don't actually know where i am or what's going on in my heart arm's length relationship it's vulnerable right so whenever you see Jesus interacting with people throughout the, the Gospels, he knows where people are at, so he can just point to it. We have to choose that. Relationships that mean things are ones that we allow ourselves to be seen in, 
We allow, our, our, allow ourselves to be transparent and known in. So that's the type of relationship you would be committing to, is one where you allow the real stuff that's going on in your life to be seen by an individual so you can have God's word like pointed right in there, a word fitly spoken for what's happening. Because that's how we grow. That's how we mature in Christ as we apply God's word to our life and we, we grow in following him. So, you know, sometimes it's really sweet seasons where, you know, kids are graduating or they're learning these really cool things and they're, they're you know, I, I went to Seth Miles' cross-country meet in seventh grade and he's like, yeah, this is recorded. <laughs> Seth, Seth did really great when I, when, I, when I watched him run that day. It was really fun because I did cross-country um, before. And then, you know, there's also times where people's grandparents are passing away or, you know, like they, they suffer some really hard thing and it's just, it's just really difficult. And, but you get a brother, another one, to, to sit with you. And I'm so thankful to have gotten to be there and had, you know, the, the kids that I got to be a part of in my life support me and that's part of it too right a relationship isn't one way and that's not what we're designing this isn't all about you like the the relationship is geared towards your growth but you ought to be learning how to lay down your life for other people and support them in prayer right It's, it's not just like how do i make student a have the best time over the next year that's a part of it it's fun it's awesome but it's also how do i how do i pray for you how do i love you sacrificially how do i minister so the, the mentor is modeling those things. So it's a relationship, but it's a relationship that is centered on God's word. So I said it earlier, we're not going to do some big brothers, big sisters type thing where you get some big and then they like take you to Royals games and that's all you do. Or they're like, you know, you have coffee dates. Like those things can happen and they do happen, but it's centered on God's word. And that's what separates it from, you know, youth programs in the world. We're not interested in just giving... I, I, I want to be your friend. <laughs> Will you be my friend, Fisher? I want to be your friend. But that's not all I want to do, right? I love you guys. But I don't want to just be a loving friendship. That's a, that's a big deal, and kids need those things. But you need the Word of God just as much as you need that relationship. So mentorship is designed to be discipling through inspiration rather than just instruction. So discipleship, that's, that's how we're a, bit, a little bit different, right? And I, I don't mean it to say that discipleship is not inspiring you to walk out your faith just as much as mentorship is but there's a big focus on instruction in adult discipleship and we you guys get instructed all day long right you sit down and you do things like this all day long five days a week and that's hard to have another hour or two of that you know consistently in your life so we're we're accommodating to that but we're not abdicating the the need for an understanding of god's word or punting the need for an understanding of god's word so mentorship is discipling through inspiration rather than just instruction. Instead of lecturing, like I'm doing now, and you guys are checking out because it's kind of hot in here, we're all right. Come back. Some of you guys are gone. Tim, you with me? Now he is. Hey, come back. We're okay. We're getting there. <clears throat> it's not just lecturing. You won't sit down and have stuff like this happen. Um, it'll be a conversation. That's how it's designed is you know, you work through together what God's Word says and as you're vulnerable, there's a word fitly spoken. It's like it's closer to counseling, <laughs> counseling with a friend, having a meaningful relationship like that. Okay, so what does it look like? Um, it must be prioritized and consistent. So here, here's what you would be signing up for if you chose to sign up at the end of today. You know, you've counted the cost, you've considered it, this is what I want to do. Uh, at the bare minimum, 
we need, like, there's a lot of things that could be your priority. I know that. <laughs> they vie for your attention. They vie for your heart. They want your space. They want your time. Mentorship has to be really high up there. Mentees and mentors need to understand that they won't get everything that they could if they're not willing to prioritize the mentorship, the discipleship relationship. If you're going to say this is going to be one of the six things that I'm doing over the next year, I don't know that you have capacity, right? I'm not certain that you do. You might. You might be high capacity. You might be able to give your heart to this you know, really meaningfully, but you need to count that cost. There will always be things that come up and you have to be consistent in getting together. So I've, you know, I've been around this long enough, and people that don't set a time, so it's like every other Sunday or every other Thursday night after school, if you, if you don't set a regular time to do this, then it ends up you meet twice over the course of five months, and you're like, I don't even know this person. I'm not gonna then you get back together, and you're just trying to like catch up. I'm like, what's actually going on in your life? And it's not how it's designed to be. We miss out on a lot whenever we don't prioritize the relationship. So one of the people that I mentored, I was going through grad school at the time. And man, you got like if you're an adult that's interested in mentoring, you also have to be ready to make the investment, right? You have to be ready to make that investment, not just showing up physically, but ready to meet emotional needs, spiritual needs, ready to counsel, ready to give a word that is fitly spoken. So all I'm saying there is you got to buy in or you are going to miss out. You can be paired and you can be kind of sleepwalking through the process. And then the mentors and you're like, what is this? They really care. If that's what you think is going to end up happening, I would, I would encourage you to keep counting the cost and not sign up, right? Because there's a level of maturity that, you know, you have to exhibit to be in one of these relationships, right? So keep counting that cost. Um, in those times that you're hanging out twice a month, here's kind of the vision for it, okay? So what would we do whenever we're hanging out? Um, tips, what, what, what is one of the things that you've done as you've hung out with a mentee in the past? Gotten coffee, played games with the kids, sharing life, right? So sometimes it's out and it's kind of special like day date type of thing out at the coffee shop. Sometimes it's like we're playing Yahtzee because I got four kids. Let's ride, <laughs> right? Jerry, what are you guys doing today? She's like, don't ask. I don't know yet. <laughs> we were going, I haven't talked to Zade about it yet, but I was thinking maybe going downtown. Going downtown, just walking around. It's pretty nice out. Yeah. Just check it out, you know, have some fun, explore. Go mini golfing. Play football golf. And one of my students, one of my mentees liked golf a lot, so we did that type of stuff. But video games, like what, whatever it is. One of the times that you meet in the month, so this is kind of what it looks like. You meet twice during a month. That's the bare minimum. You can go hang out more if you want. It's encouraged. But you meet twice every month. And the first time, actually the first few times, we encourage kids and mentors to just hang out, you know, get to know each other for the first two or three times so that there's a level of comfortability, a level of trust that exists between the two of them. Um, and then you go to this kind of alternating pattern between hanging out, doing things that are more personally, you know, connective focus between like what's going on in life and then the mentorship lessons. So right here is the mentorship book. Um, it's on Amazon. So they're, they're five bucks. We made them as cheap as we possibly could, but still with content um, that's covering two big ideas. So there's 10 lessons, but they're covering real, really two different topics. First topic is, um, who, who am I? Like, I'm a, I'm a 12-year-old, and people are telling me that I am this, or that if I don't do this, then I am this. Who am I according to what God's Word says? That's, that's the first big idea that's covered. Secondly is, with who I am, how does that apply to these different relationships? 
like in, in terms of my relationship with Jesus, in terms of my relationship with my parents or my peers or the opposite sex or the lost, what am I to do, essentially, right? Like in, in the context of these relationships, what am I to do? So one of the times you get together and you go drink some coffee and you talk about your last lesson, you talk about your devotional time and you hang out and you have fun, and the next time you get together, and in advance of that time getting together for the lesson, you've read through some passages, right? You've studied out God's word in your own devotional time so that whenever you get together and you're talking about the lesson, it's not just the other person teaching you. It's a conversation about the topic, right? This is who I am in Christ. So there's a little bit of homework, right? There's a little bit of accountability that comes before and after a mentorship lesson. And that's good for us, right? Because we're prone to prioritizing fleshly things. If we have a little bit of structure, it can accommodate spiritual growth. Okay, so pretty simple. Um, one of the questions you might be asking is, who is a mentor? So students in here, like I said earlier, we're not going to pair you with anybody, but who are we going to pair you with? So the next little chunk of time is going to be geared towards the seven qualifications of a mentor. This is the type of person that you'd be paired with. So you know what you would be doing. Who would I be doing it with, right? Like, what, who is this person that I'm going to be paired with? So it's somebody that is a mature believer. Well, that's kind of subjective. <laughs> and whose opinion? Well, I guess mine and Jeff's <laughs> and, you know, the pastoral team. If they're deemed somebody, and it's not like it's just completely subjective. There are people that have gone through D1. There are people that have gone through D2, so they understand how to disciple. They, they have the characteristics of a godly man or woman. They're exhibiting those things over time, and they're established in the four goals of discipleship. So they're worshiping. Their walk with the Lord in His Word is meaningful and observable. We can see fruit in their life. Um, they're established in the local church. They're established in ministry. They're walking these things out over time. That's the type of individual that we want to reproduce because that's the type of individual Christ calls us to reproduce. right? So we're going to pair you with somebody that is worth following. So they're pastorally approved. They have background checks. Um, they're people that we can trust you to be with one-on-one. -on -one. And we can confidently say to the parent, uh, yeah, that Bree can go hang out with Lydia. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense because Lydia has been faithful for years and she went through the mentorship process too and she knows exactly what this thing looks like and she's got the heartbeat of it, right? So they're someone worth following. Number two, they're a role model. Like, that's a weird term. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're like a hero. You know, he's my dad's my role model, says four-year-old Ozias, hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> you know, like, it doesn't mean that they're a, like a hero or that they're necessarily even super cool. Not the case with all of us. But there are people that are in samples of Jesus Christ. So you're like, what does that word mean? Well, let's read it in context. Philippians 3.17. Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk, so as you have for, for an ensample. So an ensample is a pattern for imitation. You know, you've, you've done this. You're like, man, that guy did that with his life. I want to do exactly that. Like if you could just like lay me into his life, that'd be really cool. We, can find, we have individuals in our church body that are ensamples. And you would be wise if your life just looked really similar to theirs. God's going to make it different. You know, it's going to be your life and your path that he has you to walk. But this is a person that you can look to and you can follow with confidence. Psalm 37, 37 says to mark the perfect man. So like you go up and you put a little X on their forehead or something. You mark them. No, not quite. But you identify them, right? Mark the perfect man or the mature man or woman and behold the upright for the end of that man is peace. 
I know you guys, to an extent, and you're craving some peace. You're like, man, things are always so dramatic. I wish they would just calm down and be good for a while. Well, how do we get there? We find the people that are walking that way, and we walk with them. We behold their life, and, and we walk with them, because that guy's going to have peace, right? <clears throat> okay, so we aren't going to pair you up again. I'll just say it even another time, because you're nervous. I know you're nervous. You're like, if I sign up, am I going to get paired with some weirdo? I don't know. Not a weirdo in the technical sense of the word, but they might be strange to you in some ways, right? But they're, they're going to be the, the characteristics, the qualities that we're talking about. We're not going to bury you with people that are still all over the place because that would reproduce young adults that are all over the place, right? They're going to be stable. They're going to be mature. Okay, number three, a steward who will make time and be emotionally and in all the other ways present in your life. So everybody is busy. But the truth of the matter is we prioritize the things that we love. We make space for them. They get done. <laughs> they don't get dropped. That ball does not get dropped whenever it's something that we love and we know it has eternal significance or it shouldn't. So everyone's busy, but we prioritize the things that we love. We make time for those important things. Upon signing up for mentorship, you're committing to what we've been talking about to meet consistently for twice a month. If you want to invite your mentor to your basketball game too, you can meet three times that month. If you want to invite them to, you know, share the gospel in the park by your house, you can meet four times that month. Whatever. You know, like make it, make it work for where you guys are at. But you must prioritize it because they're making them save themselves available. And that's a big cost, right? The adults have counted the cost, and they're expecting that you have counted it as well. So if you're going to be that person that's going to do the late cancellation, ah, I'm kind of not feeling too good today, shrug, shrug. Like, don't sign up yet. Keep counting the cost. Because the other person is prioritizing. They're penciling it in on their calendar weeks in advance saying, that's the time that will work for us. I'm going to protect it. I'm going to be ready for it. And you need to do the same. You need to be available as well. So your mentor is going to carve out that time to spend with you. They're going to be sure that they're ready to hang and to study and to be all things to all people, right? <clears throat> Number four, conviction. A genuine heart for young people and youth. So, you know, there could be people, and there are people even in our church, that are part of this available to disciple pool. You know, like they're, they're all swimming in this pool. They're like, I'm available to disciple. And they're swimming around in there. And they're like, you're not available for youth because you're weird. Or you don't connect well. That's not actually what we think. But there's just, some people would not be a good fit. You know, they can be mature spiritually. They can be walking out Christ. They can be an example. And then they just have no ability to relate to somebody that's 12. And we take, we take that into account. They've got to have an ability to relate to you because you're just going to be like, you're strange. I don't, I don't know about this. So they're, they're, they're an individual with a genuine heart for young people or youth. Um, you see this kind of modeled in 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23. It says, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became a, as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews to them that are under the law as under the law that I might gain them that are under the law to them that are without law as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. So he keeps going with the same idea a few times over. To the weak became, to the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker therewith, or thereof with you. So this individual understands that they're in a spot, and you're in a spot, and you guys come to the middle, 
right? Like they're not going to just become like this little weirdo because you're a little weirdo, but they're going to put on some aspects of that, right? I'm going to become strange and I'm going to love Fortnite for this next season of life so that I can relate to you in that way. And then I'm going to grab your hand. I'm going to say, hey, let's go check this thing out. That's of eternal value, right? So they're, they're genuinely loving you and joining you where you are with the hope that we wouldn't stay there, right? So the goal is not just that your mentor would come and join you where you're doing your thing. It's that you guys would meet together with components of both. We share life, but then we share this common purpose that God has given us to, to see people saved, to see people translated from darkness into light. And that's a big deal. So this looks like, if, if this is somebody that's becoming, they have a conviction or a genuineness to be a part of your life, they're going to make efforts, cringily, cringily, I'll go cringily, to like talk you like you talk. Like, see, there was my t- attempt, and you're like, that was terrible, right? So sometimes it'll fall on its face, because we don't actually use the language all that often. Isaiah does. But we'll speak how you speak. We'll be interested in the same things as you. You like drama? I don't. But I'll try it. <laughs> you want to watch musicals? Gross. Those are the worst. I guess I'll watch a couple. Hate them. Sports? That's cool. No big deal. <laughs> and ideally, that's the way it'll go, right? So, if, you know, I, I was a runner. I played basketball. I'll hang out with, like, I'll, we'll trust the Lord to have sensible pairings where we don't have to, like, go way over here to try and, like, get the interest. We can, and that's good. But oftentimes, it's somebody that likes the same things as you. So it's not forcible or painful (laughs) it's a little bit easier right and then they understand the way that you think and behave and some of you guys are crazy so you'll have some adults being crazy with you but calling you to truth and calling you to faith so if your mentor is going to be willing to meet you where you're at you have to share where you are and be real that's one of the biggest components of successful mentorship relationships is a real transparency as to where you are and what's going on in your heart because we can't see it all we can see some of the outward effects, but we can't, we can't know what's going on in the heart. Okay, number five. We've got a few left. Number five is love. It's not just like somebody that's feeling religiously obligated to do the thing. They will love you. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. They're going to be placing their treasure on you, their time, their prayer, their attention. And that means they're going to love you. Even when things are hard and confusing and weird, which sometimes they are. So it's a, it's a love that Christ modeled in Romans 5.8. God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Your mentor is going to be somebody that will lay down their life. Practically, in terms of time and you know choosing you, they're going to lay down their life for you. They're going to love you. Even when you're immature or frustrating. So be loved. Allow them to love you. You guys are weird. <laughs> Some of you are weird, sorry. And I know that I'm weird too, so it's okay. But it's hard to be loved at times. Allow yourself to be loved. They're modeling Christ's love for you. Okay, number, number six is a voice. <clears throat> so this mentor, one of the characteristics that they hold is they're going to know how to use their voice. <laughs> like, wow, cool. <laughs> Everybody knows how to do that. Yeah. They're going to know how to speak in ways that are pointed, but speaking the truth in love, right? They're going to know how to counsel. They're going to know how to join you and and say what needs to be said, but with gentleness. So there's the process of growing or being refined. It's hard. It's hot, right? Like if you want to get bigger in the gym, 
don't ask me because I've been bad at it for years, <laughs> right? But like, it's a hard process of being consistent and doing a hard thing that leads to muscle growth or leads to getting faster. Um, so the process of growing spiritually, it's going to involve some hard truth settling down into your heart and you running with those things, right? So those need to be spoken with gentleness. Ephesians 4.15 says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Colossians 4.6, this is the type of speech they'll model. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Why are we doing this? Like, Why will there be this voice in your life from the mentor to the mentee? I mean, that's how faith comes. Romans 10.17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So they're going to be trusting God that faith will be instilled into you because you will listen. You will hear. Okay, so there will be times where your mentor might point things out in your life. What are you going to do? You say, bro, you have no idea what's actually going on. Get away from me. You're going to like stiff arm their counsel. Again, consider, is this the time? Is this the time for me to be mentored? Because the idea is, I'm following an individual, and you, you, man, you don't want to be like, you're walking your dog, and he's trying to pull the, and you're not, uh, I shouldn't call you dog in the illustration. I'm sorry, but I'll, I'll still use it. You're walking your dog, and he's just like yanking in the other direction. That's not enjoyable for anybody, right? Dog's trying to go that way, you're going this way. You want to walk peaceably in the same direction, because they're leading you well. <clears throat> okay, last one, number seven. And it kind of speaks to a number of these things that we've been talking about. They will be a counselor. So they won't just talk at you. They will be speaking the truth into your life. Proverbs. Oh, sorry, let me read this little point. A willingness to counsel. So your, your mentor will have a willingness to counsel, even through teen dramatics. You guys, some of the things you're going through, they're just like, I can't wait until you're 19 or 20. And you'll just be like, you'll be on the other side of all this crazy stuff. We won't be thinking how significant it is for everybody to like you. Hopefully. <laughs> but they'll counsel you through teenage dramatics and help center you on biblical truths. Here's what the Bible says. You want let, Let's walk in that, right? There's craziness all around you, but let's stand on this firm foundation. So Proverbs 11.14 says, Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is safety. Similarly, in Proverbs 12.15, He that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. The person that listens, not pulls against the counsel. He that hearkeneth to counsel is wise. So, will you hearken to counsel? We've got to ask ourselves these things. And then, you know, it could have been a characteristic, but I wanted to make it seven. Obviously, this person is going to be praying for you, right? They're, they know that if it's up to them and their investment and their consistency and their counsel and their ability and their relatability, it's just going to be like a thing, you know? But they're going to be praying that... Um, <clears throat> You'd be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, like it says in Colossians. Um, they recognize that the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. So they're trusting God to move in your life. They're trusting God to, to transform you. Okay, so you here all together. Ready? Come back. Your mentor will be praying that you grow. And your mentor is all these things. They're going to be someone worth following. So count this cost. If there's someone worth following, am I willing to follow? They're going to be someone who is a role model. Count the costs. Will I look to that example above others? Right? There's other things that are trying to be a role model. Someone who makes time and is ready to engage with you when you meet, are you willing to engage similarly? 
a readiness. It's someone with conviction. And they really care about this stuff. They really care about you. Will you allow a mentor to join you where you are by being real and showing them where you're at? They're going to be someone that loves you. Will you let them love you? Will you love them back? These are things you should count the cost of. Because if the answers are no to many of these things, you can just keep counting the cost. It's someone who wants to speak the truth into your life. Will you let them see what is happening and will you listen? And someone who is a counselor. Will you take that counsel and hearken to it? Listen to it. Move forward in it. Because mentorship relationships, all of the mentors are going to be this type of person we're talking about. Mentorship relationships go as far as the mentee is willing to let it go. And the same is true with all of our individual walks with Christ, right? He wants to have every aspect of me. He wants to lead and guide every decision I make and you know, be glorified in every moment. And he'll go as far as I'll allow him to, which is sobering, but it's also awesome, right? Because if we'll engage, if we'll give ourselves to this, he'll transform us. Okay, so who is a mentee? Here's our last big topic that we're looking at this morning. I don't know. I should have had that up there. My bad. Uh, but who is a mentee? <clears throat> a few things here. Um, this is an MBT student, middle or high, who has an open heart to be guided by a spiritual leader. Okay, so some of you guys are going to sign up after this class. You're going to look at the little QR code. You can put your phone on. You can fill out the details. And we're going to be like, maybe you should wait a little bit because you just sleep every Sunday. And every time that you're awake, you're like doing something that the group isn't doing. So that's reflective of what you're going to do in these other instances, right? So we do a little bit of proving out before you get, like, it's, it's a privilege. Like, can I, Jesus, will you be my master? Can I follow you? Like, can I go everywhere you go? That's quite the privilege, right? So similarly, if this person's going to sacrifice so much and allow you into their life, then you got to show a little bit of faithfulness. You don't just get this. You don't just get full access to one of these people and that might seem cruel or like not fair or whatever, but like if you're faithful in that which is least, you'll be faithful in that which is much. So if you're not faithful in that which is least, who will trust to you, you know, things that really matter? So you got to have an open heart that's willing and showing that you'll be guided by a spiritual leader. So you got to be a part of the, what we're doing, right? You got to be part of the church so that we can see those things. You got to be a willing participant. Um, number two, you're, who is a mentee? It's somebody that's faithful and attends church consistently with the right attitude. And if you're, if you're answering again, you know, like you get the simple instruction to like come worship or like get a Bible. <laughs> like if you're just answering again to every one of those little simple prompts, that's what you're going to do in the mentorship relationship. So again, I'm not trying to be like to put up roadblocks for people to get access to mentorship but it's it's an individual thing prove yourself out you got to be a willing participant <clears throat> if we don't ever see you how can we trust that you're going to be faithful to the mentorship process if when we do see you're sleeping or going against the grain you're resisting what we're trying to accomplish as a ministry you're up and going to the bathroom 45 times during service like is that what you, that's what you'll do during a lesson right so can we honestly say as we're, you know, these mentors, they sign up to mentor you. Can we honestly say this is a kid that's serious about their spiritual growth? So if we can't say that with confidence, then we're, we can't lie to our people, right? We can't do that. Number three, um, you've completed the cost of mentorship class. So that's here today. Jerry, can you take a picture of everybody that's here real quick? That'd be helpful. Just so I can know who to check in on. I think she's got it. 
Um, so you've completed the class and you've submitted the application. So at the bottom of the handout that you guys have is a QR code, which is the actual application link, right? It's the link to sign up for this. It's just a form where you'll provide some basic information. Once you provide that information, then we begin this process of pairing and will you get pastorally approved? So that's the last one. It's, and you might think that you're checking all the boxes, but you might get told, hey, let's pump the brakes a little bit and let's check just let's check, check out your behavior in these settings for a little bit of time, if that makes sense, right? So pastoral approval on all pairings. Okay, so here's my last little note, and then we'll have a couple minutes. We can hang here a couple extra minutes for questions, but I just want to see, say to be patient. So say you sign up, you, you do the link, you meet all, meet all of the characteristics. It might take a minute, right? Because the pool for discipleship looks like this, but the pool for people we trust for mentorship who've been background checked, etc., have an interest in youth, discipleship it's smaller and sometimes people are already engaged in the process with somebody else and we might have to wait longer that is not an indication of your faithfulness it's not because somebody gets paired before you you know like an assessment of your worth or how we think you're valuable or they're they aren't like whatever that's not what we're doing right what we're doing is we're trusting the lord for a, a perfect pairing in his time somebody that's going to be a really great match for you and that can take a minute so don't get discouraged. It's more of an availability thing. Okay, last point right here. Mentorship is not a program. It is not a lesser form of discipleship. It is not just lecturing like I've done this whole class. It's sharing life. It's discipleship. It's learning how to follow Jesus with everything that you have. And it's living a biblically focused life together. So the goals that you would be committing to if you were to sign up is saying, I'm going to grow I'm going to trust the Lord to grow in being centered on the Word of God for my decisions. I'm going to trust the Lord to grow in my personal accountability for my faith. I'm going to learn how to minister to others. It's not all about us, right? So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to have a little bit of time where you can ask questions. We'll see how many ended up getting written in those first few minutes anyway. But um, Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the privilege that it is to count the cost of following you. It's a high cost but you're worth prioritizing in our lives. So God, I'm just praying that um, you would lead and guide everybody in here. God, that you would lead and guide people that have been mentored or been a mentor or that are considering signing up for it. Um, you're worth our life. So God, help us to choose that and count that cost, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.